Praise God. This is Pastor Emmanuel Odedei, and it's my joy to welcome you to this podcast. As you listen and apply yourself to the Word of God, we commend you to God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. So feel free to listen again and again until your faith comes alive. You shall testify. Thank you and God bless you as you listen and apply yourself to the word. Amen. Prophetic focus for this month of August is I am a child of destiny. Can we echo that together? I am a child of destiny. And I pray you will fulfill your glorious destiny in Jesus' name. Last Sunday, we began our teaching series, which is for our Sunday services this month of August, Understanding How God Leads. Understanding How God Leads. And our text has been from Psalms 32 and verse 8. It is good for us to know that God desires to lead us, and he has committed himself by his word. In that Psalm 32 and verse 8, he says, I will instruct you. And teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eyes. So it's not just enough for us to know that we have a glorious destiny. God has committed himself to leading us towards the realization of that glorious destiny. And we had a glorious time also in the just concluded week of emphasis. Three days of fasting and prayer. You had one of the testifiers earlier saying, that it was a time of revival. And I tell you, testimonies, awesome testimonies, I shared one of them, which we received in the covenant of prayer, also in the course of that week of emphasis, one of us who had ear infection. I knew nothing about it, but the Holy Spirit knew. And that's what I want to also mention, that wherever you may be, please, it is Sunday morning, be ready, be prepared to receive from God. Don't be cooking and hearing message at the same time on Sunday morning. Make sure you see yourself as in God's presence. Even though it might be in your home, see yourself as being in God's presence to fully partake and participate of what God has for you. And so, this uh, person shared a testimony in the covenant of prayer that the wife had been down because of the ear infection. She couldn't sit, she couldn't stand. It was very painful. But on Wednesday, the prophetic word came that there was somebody who had an ear infection and that by the communion, that infection was over. And to the glory of God, God healed her and she's back to work according to the husband's testimony. I pray that whatever sickness or disease started this service with you, by the time this service is over, you look for them and you won't find them anymore. In the name of Jesus Christ. It is covenant day of exemption. Whatever it is that may be ravaging others around you, like the other testimony also documented, Hurricane Harvey was affecting houses around them, but their own home was exempted. I pray this service will answer to his name in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Our anchor scripture for this month has been from Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 32 and from verse 9. To 14. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and from verse 9 
to 14 tells us of the journey of the children of Israel from the land of captivity. And from verse 9, the Bible made it clear there that the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the Lord of his inheritance. He said he found him in a desert land and in a waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. Just like he said, I will instruct you, I will lead you in the way that you should go. He led him about, instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. That's talking about divine protection. As an eagle, steered up her nest, fluttered over her young, spreaded abroad her wings, taken them and bearded them on her wings. So the Lord alone, the Lord alone did lead him and there was no strange God with him. And what was the result of this verse 13? He made him to ride upon the high places of the earth. I pray for you, you will ride upon the high places of the earth in the name of Jesus. He said that he might eat the increase of the field and made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. This was the experience of God's people as long as they were following divine leading. As a commission, God has blessed us and given us what we call the 12 pillars of our faith. And so this month of August, last month was a pillar of prosperity. Our focus is on vision and direction. And so that is the pillar of focus in this month. And I pray that you will not lack divine direction in the name of Jesus Christ. It's important for us to remind ourselves that we have a destiny of no limit in Christ. Say with me, I have a destiny of no limit. Say one more time, say I have a destiny of no limit. Your destiny is a destiny of no limit in Christ. John chapter 14 and verse 12, which was what the theme of the just concluded week of emphasis was on. No more limit. Jesus speaking. He said, he that believe on me, the works that I do, he will do. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to my father. So Jesus is saying to us that the works that he did, as long as you can believe, you will do, but even beyond what he did. <laughs> can you imagine that? Jesus said, you can do beyond what I did while I was on the earth, only if you believe. So it means our destiny in Christ is a destiny of no limit. And that is why also our destiny in redemption is not a destination but an adventure. So when you hear the word destiny, it is not so much about a destination but it is about an adventure. Why? Because in God's agenda, our light is supposed to be shining brighter and brighter until the perfect day. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18. He said the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more until the perfect day. When is the perfect day? When Christ returns. 
So our path is supposed to be shining brighter and brighter. Not dimmer and dimmer. Brighter and brighter. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 says it this way. He said, we all with open face, we are beholding the glory of God as in a glass. And then we are chained to the same image from glory to glory. I pray for you. From today, your life will be moving from glory to glory. In the name of Jesus Christ. And in Isaiah also, chapter 29 and verse 11. Just to reiterate the fact that our destiny is not a destination. It is an adventure. We are supposed to be moving from one realm to another. He said the vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed. He said, which men deliver to he that is land. And he said, read this, I pray this. He said, I cannot because it is sealed. So what does that mean? The vision or our destiny is like a book that has many chapters. So as soon as you finish a chapter, God opens another chapter. As soon as you finish a chapter, God opens another chapter. That is God's desire for us. So you never get to a point, and listen to this, that is why no one should get to a point in their life where they lose hope about life. When it looks as if it is getting to an end, God opens another chapter. And I pray for you, God of heaven will cause you to fulfill your glorious destiny in the name of Jesus Christ. But fulfillment of our destiny, remember, we have said destiny is not just what we happen, we happen. That's what the word called fate, F-A-T-E. Fate is, well, what we happen, we happen. You can't change it. No, our destiny in God begins with the knowledge of our purpose. Our, the fulfillment of our destiny begins with the knowledge of our purpose. What is the purpose that God has for you and I? God has made that clear in his word. Romans chapter 8. And if you read from verse 29. Romans chapter 8 and from verse 29. The Bible says, for whom he did foreknow. So you are not here by accident. God foreknew or knew you before you came. So fulfillment of our destiny will begin with us knowing why we are here. He also did predestinate, predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be firstborn among many brethren. And them that he did predestinate, verse 30, them he called, those he called, he justified, and those he justified, them he also glorified. So God knew you before you arrived here. That's what he said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1 and verse 5. Before you came out of the belly, I knew you. And before you were formed in the womb, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet unto the nation. So you didn't just arrive here by mistake or accident. Even if your parents said they didn't plan to have you, God had a plan in mind. Say with me, God has a purpose for my life. And I pray you will fulfill that glorious destiny in the name of of Jesus Christ. So we are not here to determine our destiny. We are only here to discover and then to fulfill it. We are not here to determine what we should become. 
we are here to discover it and then fulfill it. That's why we saw in Jeremiah also chapter 29 and verse 11. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord. They are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. So there is an expected end that God has in mind. And I said, I'm using the illustration of a football match that has already been completed. It doesn't matter how close it is for the opposite team trying to score. You already know the end score. God already had an expected end. And he said that expected end is a glorious end. So it doesn't matter what is looking like shame around you. You tell yourself, this will turn to glory. I pray for you. Whatever represents shame and reproach around your life, God will turn it to glory in the name of Jesus Christ. But it's important also for us to know what kind of destiny do we have in redemption? What kind of destiny do we have in redemption? If we say that before we came here, God foreknew us, but what kind of destiny do we have? Last Sunday we looked at a few. We have a glorious destiny. We have a royal, enviable destiny. Number one, we'll be looking at in this service, we must understand that as children of God, we have an enviable destiny in redemption. Your destiny is supposed to be an enviable one. What do, what do I mean by that? It means your life is supposed to be a life that others envy. People see what God is doing in your life and want to be like you. Genesis chapter 26 the Bible told us concerning Isaac, as a result of the leading of God from verse 1, Genesis 26 from verse 1, we were told that there was famine in the land. Beside the first famine in the days of Abraham, and Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, unto Gera. Verse 2, and God appeared to him and said, don't go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land that I will tell you. And as he obeyed God, even though there were challenges, he was digging where they were blocking it. But because he stood where God told him, and I've said this also since the month began, don't just carry your bag to go to any country because they told you there's greener pastor there. Be sure that it is God that is leading you. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. Be led by God in taking any decision in life. Be led by God in moving from one place to the other. Be led by God in taking up job appointments. Because it is not every open door that is God's door. Many are trapped in disguise. Proverbs 14 and verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man. But the head thereof are the ways of death. And so how do we fulfill that enviable destiny? It's by being led by God. And as Isaac in Genesis 26 and verse 2 stayed where God told him by verse 14. The Bible said God had blessed him. He went forward. He became very great. And he had possession of flock, possession of heart, great store of servant. And the Philistines envied him. 
you will become envy to your world in the name of Jesus. So the kind of destiny that we have in redemption is an enviable destiny. Say with me one more time, say I have an enviable destiny. Number two, very quickly, what kind of destiny do we have? A mountaintop destiny. Ah, I like that. A mountaintop destiny. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 1. He said, if you were acting diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, he will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. So if you're hacking diligently to what God tells you to do, he said you will be on top and you will not be beneath. So we have a mountaintop destiny in redemption. Every child of God is ordained to be on top, not to be under. Every child of God is ordained to be a salt, to be the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. He said, ye are the salt of the earth. And in verse 14, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on an hill cannot be hid. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are a city on top of the hill that cannot be hidden. Whatever has hidden your glorious destiny, God of heaven will judge them today in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for you. God will bring you from obscurity into limelight in the name of Jesus. Whatever has never happened in your lineage before, God will begin with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Say with me, I have a mountaintop destiny. Number three, what kind of destiny do we have in redemption? We have a pace-setting destiny in Christ. A pace-setting destiny in Christ. What does it mean to be a pace-setter? Setting the pace. Being the first to break barrier. Pace-setting destiny. Pace-setting destiny. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. He said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. It has not entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for them that love him. So the kind of things that ears have not seen, eyes have not seen rather, and ears have not heard. And you will agree with me, eyes have seen many things. <laughs> eyes have seen many things. But he says, as long as you are following God's leading for your life, the things that eyes have not seen shall be the order of the day in your life. I pray for you, your pace-setting destiny shall be fully realized in the name of Jesus. I'm laying this foundation for us so that you can understand what the plan of God is and how to position yourself towards the realization of it. You must understand what the plan of God is. But all these things that we have said about our glorious destiny, enviable destiny, mountaintop destiny, pace-setting destiny, will not be realized until we follow God's leading. We can't arrive at our promised land. It is following divine guidance that will take us to our promised land in Christ. So we can only arrive at God's ordained promised land by following his leading. How did God lead his people? Exodus chapter 13 and verse 17. Exodus chapter 13 and verse 17. The Bible speaking, it said it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go. 
that God led them, not through the way of the land of the Philistines, even though that was near. And God said, let's paraventure. People repent when they see war and they return back to Egypt. So at times, listen to these people of God, listen closely to this. God may not take you through a shortcut. At times, it takes you through the road of maturity for you to learn to trust him. There are certain things, if you got it too early, you lose it too soon. So at times, God takes us through the journey of maturity. Look at the story of Moses, for instance, the one that God chose to lead his people. Moses began his life very good first 40 years of his life until when passion made him to kill an Egyptian for an Hebrew boy. And because of that, God took him through what I call the university of wilderness. And that is what many people are going through today. And in spite, listen to this, in spite of 40 years of going through that school, for him to learn patience, for him to stop being angry, <laughs> Moses at some point in his journey was still angry, struck the rock. You know the story. Because of that, God said you won't be the one to take them to the promised land. There are certain things that God will take you through to build you up so that by the time it takes you to the promised land, you can endure there. Yes, I know you desire certain things to be done, but you are not ready. You say, you know, Pastor, I'm ready. God knows you more than anyone. And so he said he didn't take them through the shortcut. Do you know what? The journey between where they were to the promised land was an 11 days journey. But how long did it take them? It took them 40 years just to build them. He said, lest they see war and turn back. Interestingly, many of them, with all the wonders that God still showed, only Joshua and Caleb were the wonders that still entered the land and their descendants. And so it takes a lot to follow his leading. And what are we saying today? You must learn to follow the leading of God. You must learn. It is something that you learn as a believer. Listen to this. Revelation is not a substitute for his leading. Anointing is not a substitute for his leading. Maturity, age, is not a substitute for his leading. No matter how old a sheep becomes, he will still need to depend on the shepherd for survival. That's why he says in Psalm 23 and verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So you must let him continue to be your shepherd in the journey of life. People of God, life is too complicated and complex for you to want to lead yourself. It looks as if everything was right. You have tried it, you have tested it, but until you follow his leading, you don't get to the promised land. Remember, our life has been preordained by him. He knows the right way to go. And he positions people around us to lead us, to guide us. He gives us his word as the navigation system. He gives us his spirit 
to guide us into all truth. I pray once again for someone under the sound of my voice, you will not miss divine leading in the name of Jesus. Very quickly, in this service, how then do we access divine guidance? If we must learn to follow his guidance and his leading, what are the requirements for his leading? What are the things that must be in place for us to be led by him? Number one, very quickly, you must be spiritual. If you have anyone around you, tell them, be spiritual. Be spiritual. Be spiritual. Romans chapter 8 and verse 6, he said, to be carnally minded is death. Will lead to death and destruction. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Only spiritual men or spiritually minded men and women will be guided by God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. He said, a natural man or a carnal man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are like foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they can only be spiritually discerned. A natural man. Man, what does natural man mean? A man that is guided only by his five senses. There are many today, only what they can see, they can hear, they can touch, they can taste, they can feel. That is what guides them. No, you must be guided by the spirit. What does it mean to be spiritual? Be tuned in to the spirit. Be tuned in to the dictates of the spirit. Revelations chapter 1 and verse 10. John had that revelation on the, on the mountain of Patmos, on the highland of Patmos. He said, but how did he get it? Unusual revelation. If you read the book of Revelation, you see all manner of things to come that God revealed to him. But how did he get it? I was in the spirit on the last day and I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. You must be a spirit person for you to be guided by God. Remember John 4 and verse 24. God is spirit and those who will serve him must also worship him in spirit and in truth. So for you to be guided by God, if God is the one that will guide you because he's spirit, you must also be a spirit-minded person. As you are here, connected to this service right now, you might have been watching any other thing. CNN is broadcasting. BBC is broadcasting. Why are you not hearing? Because you are not tuned to him. Heaven is always broadcasting. But those who are tuned to heaven's frequency, what is heaven's frequency? Spirituality is heaven's frequency. If you are carnal, you can't hear anything God is saying. Don't judge by what you see. John chapter 5 and verse 30. Even Jesus Christ. The Bible says, he said, I can of my own self do nothing as I hear. So Jesus was connected to heaven. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own. But the will of the Father who has sent me. So you must be connected to heaven's frequency. And be spiritual to hear what God is saying. That's why in the book of Revelation, it repeatedly said, He that has and hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So you need to be spiritual, you hear what God is saying part time. Shout hallelujah. Number two, how do I access divine guidance? Through 
he craved to be led. You must desire to be led for you to be led by God. Can I say this to somebody? God will not waste his mouth leading you if you don't desire to be led. There are many people, they have already made up their mind. <laughs> I think I've shared this before. Somebody, I met him in one of the places I was privileged to pastor in our London church. And after the service, this man wasn't looking well. And, you know, I spoke to him after the service. And I said, bro, what's going on? You are not looking okay. And he said, oh, pastor, so many challenges. I've been in this country for 11 years. It's going to the 12th year. I don't have a visa. I don't have my papers. And I said, if things have been like this, what is God saying? Because that's what I always ask you. What has God said? If you are a child of God, what is God saying to you? I said, I've been praying. I, I just want you to pray for me that God will make a way. And I said, what if God tells you to go back to your country? He said, God cannot say that. Pastor, please pray for me. <laughs> he said, God cannot say that. So, even if God is saying that, he cannot hear it because he chooses what he wants to hear from God. We must desire and crave to be led by him. That Deuteronomy 32 we read, he said, God alone did lead him. You must desire to be led by him. So if you do not desire to be led by him, he will not waste his mouth talking to you. I had God's servant once said before that some people are saying, but I can't hear God talk to me. I wish I can hear the voice of God. He said, the one that is said to everybody generally in the Bible, you have not read it. What makes you special that he will speak to you <laughs> directly? The general word in his word, you have not done it. For you, and, I, and I listen to this, this is one thing I know. God will not give another instruction until you have carried out the last one. God will not give another instruction. What did he tell you the last time? Have you done it? He will not give a new one until you have done the last one. Crave to be led. That any instruction comes by God with, from God, you run with it until it comes to pass. That Jeremiah 29 and verse 11 we read earlier. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They are thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. But that is not where that scripture ends. Look at verse 12. He said, then you will call upon me. Because of this plan that I have for you, you will now go and pray to me and I will hearken to you. But you won't find me on the surface, verse 13. And you will seek me and find me only when you search for me with what? With all of your heart. You will only find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Yes, I have great plans, but you will not find me on the surface. You must desire it so much that you go all the way until you find me. Just like you don't find anything precious on the surface, divine leading must be sought after, must be craved after for you to find it. Not that God is hiding his plans from you, but he wants you to desire it so much that you do everything to get it. And you know that once you get it, you are sorted for life. I pray for somebody, your spiritual ears shall be open. Desire to crave after the things of the spirit. Receive it this morning in the name of Jesus. Number three, very quickly, how do we access divine guidance? 
through the revelation of his word. Through the revelation of his word. When the word of God is revealed, Psalm 119 and verse 105, Psalm 119, verse 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. So the word of God can be a lamp, which a lamp, you know, the, there's difference in, between what the lamp can see and what the floodlight can see. So he guides you on a daily basis. He also gives you a plan for the glorious future. Thy word, thy word. So the revelation of the word of God is what grants us access to divine guardians. So you are saying, Lord, I want you to speak to me, get into the word. By the revealed word, there is what is called the logos, which is the written word. But there is the rema, which is the inspired word. I said this recently that, for instance, if God's desire for you is to go to London, you won't find London in the Bible. You read from now till forever. London will not be there. But as you are reading the written word, the inspired word will come from the written word. So from the written word, the inspired, which is the revealed word, that's what we call revelation. God tells you exactly what he has for you. But it begins from the written word. So we must crave also to get revelation from the word. Very quickly, we'll move on in this service. I'll be looking at biblical proofs of being led by the spirit. It's important for us to mention this because there are people who claim to be led by God. But what they are doing doesn't look as if it's God that is leading them. Because I tell you, the Bible says you should prove all spirit. There are people who hear themselves and think it is God they have. God's servant, you know, shared that when this commission was going to kick off, he was, you know, launched out and prayed for that this commission would start in the city of Jos. And if anybody knows, you know, Jos, that, you know, Meet Blue Belt and Central Nigeria. It's a place that is very cool, very lovely place. I did my youth service there, so I know how the place is. Very lovely place. And, you know, he was prayed for to go to Joss. Everybody prayed as we are going to Joss. He said, after the service, God spoke to him and said, You are going to know Joss because you had yourself. There was one day you were playing table tennis in Joss many years before then. And you say, if there's anywhere in the world somebody to settle in in Nigeria, it should be Joss. He said, that is what you had. You didn't hear me. That's what God told the servant. And God told him where to go. Even though everybody has said you are going to Joss, he heard from God. And this is where the sincerity must be. That even when God is giving you correction, you must be willing to take the correction. Somebody else will say, ah, after, what will people say? I have said this before. What will people say when you lose your life? God told you that that person is not your wife, but you are going all the way because he said, I'm not getting younger. Hey, don't go into something that God is not in. You may not return to tell the story. Who knows? And only God will know what the, the, the glorious destiny of this commission would have been if his servant 
did as if he didn't hear it and went to just. So what are we saying? There are things to prove if it is God that is leading you. Number one, a supernatural insight. It gives you unusual insight. You know what to do. You know what to, an insight into the, the holies of holies. Have access to the mind of God over your glorious destiny. So supernatural insight is one of the biblical proofs of being led by the Spirit of God. When you are led by the Spirit of God, it gives you insight. People just feel, oh, you know it all. No, it's the insight that is from above. Just telling you what you need to do for your glorious destiny to be fulfilled. Isaiah 48 and verse 17. Isaiah 48 and verse 17. It said, Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God that teacheth thee to profit and lead thee by the way that thou shalt go. I teach you, I lead you. I teach you, I lead you. I give you insight. We read earlier in Psalm 32 verse 8. It said, I will instruct you and I will guide you with my eyes. So insight into knowing what to do when you find yourself as a crossroad in the place God has led you to. You ask him and say, Lord, show me what to do. And if you are following his leading, he will always reveal to you the next step to take. You will not miss divine guidance in the name of Jesus Christ. Number two, biblical proof of being led by the Spirit is divine strength. Say with me, divine strength. Divine strength is one of the supplies of the spirit that you get when you are following his leading for your life. Divine strength. There are people, they do something very minimal. They are tired. Because that's not what they are wired for. Listen to me. Every child of God is wired for a particular thing. The way some people do certain things, for instance, it doesn't matter how tired I am. If you put me on the pulpit, I can preach for hours. Why? Because that is what I'm wired to do. And I have divine strength to do it. Don't say because everybody say you're a pastor or your head looks like the head of a pastor. You go and carry a Bible, start a church. You don't have the energy, the strength to... People think pastoring is a, is a cheap talk. No! You don't have... The energy, the wear without to do it, not as if you will do it in your strength, but God will not supply the strength to do it because you are not doing what he has called you to do. There are certain things that some people find very easy to do. Why? Because they are wired to do it. And one of the proofs of being led by the Spirit of God is when you see the supply of strength in that area of your calling. Judges chapter 6 and verse 14. Talking about that man, Gideon, he was saying, if God is actually for us, you know, if you back up to verse 13, when the angel appeared to him and he said to him, he said, Gideon said, oh my Lord, if the Lord was with us, why has this befallen? This was Gideon hiding from the Philistines. He said, where are all the miracles that our fathers told us? Did you not bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and has delivered us to the hand of the Midianites. And see what God said to him. The Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might and you will save Israel from the hand 
of the media have I not sent you? Because I sent you, I'm going to back you up with divine strength to get it done. So when you see yourself struggling in a particular area, you need to ask yourself, am I wired for, is this what God has called me to do? Because strength is drained when you are doing what you are not called to do. Because you don't have his backing. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 5, the Bible makes it clear that there is a body that is prepared for us. He said, wherefore, when he cometh into this world, he says, sacrifice and offering, thou wouldest not, but a body are thou prepared for me. Listen to this. The reason why Jesus could go through the brutal beating and go on Calvary was because there is a particular body was prepared for him. A body was prepared for him to carry that assignment. So for every assignment, there is a body prepared. If you see yourself losing strength on something God has not sent you to do, it's enough reason for you to go back and say, Lord, what are you saying? Very quickly, as we move on in this service, it's our covenant day of exemption. What is in God's covenant of exemption? What is in God's covenant of exemption? We serve a God of exemption. Please take note of that. Our God is a God of exemption. Exodus 15 and verse 26. Exodus 15 and verse 26. He said, I will not allow all the sickness or disease upon the Egyptian to come upon you, for I am the Lord that he led thee. I will exempt you from the sickness of the land. So we know that we serve a God of exemption. And by redemption, we are not permitted to suffer what the world around us suffers. We are not permitted to suffer what the world around us suffers. No matter what it is they are going through, you have been exempted. John chapter 1 and verse 12, as many as received him, to them he gave power to become sons of God. So as a son of God, whatever it is that happens in heaven is what is permitted to happen to you here and there. Can I hear your amen to that? Please take note of this. In the story of the children of Israel, we saw various examples of God's exemption plan in Egypt. We run through them very quickly and look at what that connotes to us in today, in our world today. Number one, one of the plagues, ten of them that God sent to them, one of them was the swarm of flies. And that connotes decadence and stench. Exodus chapter 8 and verse 23, we saw how there was swarm of flies he said, I will put a difference or distinction between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. And verse 24. And he said, there came a grievous swarm of flies to the house of Pharaoh, to his servant's house, all the land. And the land was corrupted by the reason of flies. You know what it means? Flies everywhere. Flies every Decadence and stench. But... There was difference between God's people. He said, I will put a division. No matter the corruption that is going on in the world, God of heaven will exempt you and your family in the name of Jesus. Number two, example of God's exemption plan in Egypt was death of cattle. That was the collapse of their livelihood, their business and career. Many people's business and career collapsed. Because their main source of income then was through their cattle, buying and selling of cattle. 
So when there was death of cattle, like we saw in Exodus chapter 9 and verse 6, Exodus chapter 9 and verse 6, all the cattle in Egypt died. And the Lord did that thing on the following day, and all the cattle of Egypt died. But the cattle of the children of Israel died not. Not one. Not one. So God exempted his people from the loss of business and career. I pray for you. In this season, God of heaven will preserve your job. He will preserve your career. No matter the number of businesses shutting down, your business will not shut down. In the name of Jesus. Where other businesses are shutting down, you will be buying more businesses in the name of Jesus. Number three, hail and tempest mingled with fire. That's like bomb. <laughs> hail, tempest. Now mingled with fire. Like a fire ball coming from heaven. That was the, the devastation and destruction that they suffered. Same Exodus chapter 9 from verse 25 to 26. We saw that also. They suffered this thing. Hail smote throughout the land of Egypt. All that was in the field, both man and beast. Hail smote every half. Everything was consumed, verse 26. And he said, only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hail. Everything destroyed, but God exempted. Just like we had in that testimony of hurricane. No matter what it is, your family can be exempted. I pray for you one more time. No matter the evil going on in the world, you will not suffer in the name of Jesus. Number four was also gross darkness. In fact, the Bible called it the kind of darkness that can be felt. Exodus chapter 10 and verse 22. And that connotes stagnation and frustration. Exodus chapter 10 verse 22. The Bible says, And Moses stretched forth his hand towards heaven, and there was thick darkness all the land of Egypt. Three days, verse 23. And he said, And there saw not one another. Nobody saw themselves because of the thickness of the darkness. And nobody rose from where they were for three days. If you back up to verse 21, the Bible told us that darkness was darkness that can be felt, that you can touch the darkness. Have you seen that kind of darkness before? Three days, everybody stood in the same place. You know, back in Africa when they take light, you know, and there's no light. People, you know, bang their legs on all manner of things, even in their home. Now imagine the kind of one that can be felt, that can be felt. But in the land of Goshen where God people live, there was light everywhere. No matter the frustration and stagnation, because when there is darkness, there's frustration. In the beginning, Genesis 1 and verse 2, he said darkness was upon the face of the deep. Everything was confused. There was no, nothing was happening. And everything was without form and void. That's what darkness does. It brings frustration. No, no fulfillment. But God still exempted his people. No matter the darkness that is going on in the world, you shall be exempted in the name of Jesus. Number five, we also saw plague of sudden death. Everybody in, in Egypt, they lost one person, at least one person. All the firstborn died. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 29. All the firstborn, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, it came to pass that at midnight, the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of it. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on the throne to the firstborn of the captive there was that, that was in the dungeon. All the firstborn of the cattle, firstborn of human, everybody lost a member of family. 
I pray for you. No member of your family will be lost to this pandemic in the name of Jesus. The mighty hand of God, we exempt you from sudden death in the name of Jesus. Only in the land of Israel where God's people preserve. So what are we saying? There is nothing new on the earth. Every generation in history have always experienced famine. Every generation in history has always experienced one challenge or the other. Ecclesiastes 1 and verse 9. He said there is nothing new under the sun. So there was famine in those days. There will be famine even later. Like we shared recently that this is just the beginning. But God has assured us that no matter what is going on in the world, we can be exempted. And you shall be exempted in the name of Jesus. So the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that exempted them will yet gloriously exempt you in the name of Jesus Christ. So please take note of this. Covenant people always flourish in hard times. No matter how harsh, no matter how hard, covenant people will always flourish in hard times. I like the way Psalm 33 verse 18 puts it. Psalm 33 and verse 18 he said, Behold, the high of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. What will he do? He said, To deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. So no matter the famine, do you know that even in spite of the famine in Israel, God's people still had double money. When money failed, Genesis 47 and verse 15, he said money failed in the land. But when Jacob sent his children to go to Egypt where there was food, he gave them double money. Tell you something. No matter how difficult it is, God's people always flourish. So what do we need to do to exercise our exemption right? We list them very quickly and then we partake of the communion as we pray. Number one, have a revelation of your exemption right in Christ. Have a revelation of your exemption right in Christ. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. What does he say? He said you are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen generation. You are a holy nation. That is who you are. So have that revelation of your covenant right. I have a right to be exempted from this evil. No matter the number of people who are laid off in my place of work, I have a right to be exempted. Number two, what do we do? To exercise our covenant right. Keep the love of God alive in your heart. Keep the love of God alive in your heart. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. That's what the Bible says. All things we know. We work together for good to them that love God. So no matter what is working against others. It will work together for your good. Say with me. Everything is working together for my good. So even if it looks as if. Is going in the negative direction. Tell yourself, it will work together for my good. Let the love of God be in your heart. Remember, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. It has not even entered the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for who? For those that love him. If you love him, it will work together for your good. Number three, engage with covenant practice. Engage with covenant practice. This is the mistake that many people make. They say, well, I was paying my tithe before, but because things are now very tough, 
I have to stop paying my tax. Ah, don't do that. Don't do that. No matter what it is, no matter the harshness in the, condi in, in the climate, the condition that is going on in the land, don't do that. Be faithful. Engage in covenant practice. Engage in covenant practice. Engage in covenant practice. Ensure that your tithe does not fail so that things doesn't become tight. Ensure that you are faithful in blessing the poor. Remember what he says in Psalm 41 from verse 1 to 3. Blessed is he that considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Be faithful. Be a blessing to others around you no matter how difficult it may look. Ephesians 6 and verse 8, he said, knowing that whatever good thing you make happen for others, God will give it back to you. The same shall he receive of the Lord. The same thing you do to others, God will make happen for you. Number four, very quickly, also develop a strong exemption mentality. I, I tell you, this I understand very well by the grace of God. Exemption mentality. You tell yourself that no matter the number of people, I have a mentality of exemption. It's all about the mind. Proverbs 23 verse 7. As a man thinketh in his heart, so you see. Don't think evil. Don't think that your husband will lose his job. Don't think that something will go wrong. As you think, that's what will happen. Don't think, don't say I thought as much. No. Any negative thought, the Bible says we should bring into the captivity any thought that is against the knowledge of God. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. It said, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. What are those strongholds? They are of the mind. Verse 5. Casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge, it starts in the mind. Imagination. And bringing into captivity every negative thought to obey what God says, that I shall be exempted. That is what you believe. Your exemption mentality must be gotten right. Number five, very quickly. Also, speak openly of your exemption right. Speak openly of your exemption right. This is what the enemy does most times. He says, ah, don't say it. What if you say it and it doesn't happen? That's why it won't happen. Say it. Say it. Say it. No matter the number of people losing their job, I will not lose my job. No matter the number of people that is losing their business, I will not say it openly. He said, open your mouth wide and then God will fill it. Proverbs 18 and verse 21. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. Don't say, ah, we don't know who is next. I know I'm not next. You know, some, sometimes ago, I think I've shared this before. So, you know, somebody very, very devoted, very committed brother in church suddenly just died. And everybody, not in this church, you know, nobody dies here. And very many years ago, and you know, somebody was just speaking carelessly and said, ah, if this brother has come here, we don't know who is next. I say, I'm not the next. When people say negative things, don't sit down there and say, well, you know, I'll just say it in my mind. Say it, I'll speak openly. I'm not the next. I shall not die but live. That's what the word says. I shall not die but live. I decree no evil will come near your dwelling place. No matter the number of people losing their life, losing their job, it will not come near you. God's covenant of preservation of long life will speak over your life in the name of Jesus. And lastly, engage the mystery of the communion. The communion is available today. The communion is God's insurance policy to preserve our life. So you can engage that mystery as well. 
John chapter 6 and verse 53. John 6 and verse 53. He said, Verily, verily, I say, John chapter 6 and verse 53. Except a man eateth the flesh of the Son of Man and drinketh his blood, he said, You have no life in you. Until you eat my flesh and drink my blood, there is no life in you. But as long as you do this, you have something to show. All the way to verse 58. So the communion is God's health insurance package for us to preserve us against all evil. Lift up your hand to heaven and appreciate him for that which God has done. Give him praise for his word that has come to you today. Celebrate him, magnify him. Father, I thank you. I give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. All eyes closed and all eyes bow in this service. You are in this service, you are not born again. As everyone under the sound of my voice begin to get your communion materials ready, you have bread, biscuit, anything you have as the body, and then the blood, water, fruit juice, whatever you have at home, get it ready as the blood of Jesus. But as you do that, if you are not born again, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the first step for you to be exempted from evil, for you to be part of what God is doing and fulfill your glorious destiny is to identify with Christ. John chapter 1 verse 12 we read earlier, as many as received him, they are the ones he gave power to become sons of God. If you are making that decision, lift up your right hand if you have given your life to Jesus before, but you know you need to rededicate your life to him, still lift up your right hand. Say after me, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this privilege to give my life to you. I know I'm a sinner, but you came to die for me. Father, forgive me. Write my name in the book of life. I believe I am saved. I am born again. Thank you for saving me. Jesus precious. I pray that the mighty hand of God will rest upon you. From today, your life takes a new turn. In the name of Jesus, grace to walk in this your newfound faith. Receive it in the name of Jesus. No evil shall be for you. Jesus precious name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you have been inspired to take step towards a closer walk with God and towards the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose for your life. We would like to hear from you through our various social media handles on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at WCIB UK. You can also watch our past and latest videos on YouTube by searching for Winners Chapel Birmingham UK. Till next time, remember, Jesus is love.